This is Les Strong, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello! Well, it wasn't the prettiest game to watch on Saturday lunchtime at Preston, but I, for one, am willing to write this off as a point gained under difficult circumstances as Ched Evans' equaliser, which contained a foul on Marek Rodak, two handballs, and probably an offside, were all missed by the officials, and it cancelled out an incredibly rare Tim Ream first-half goal. But let's face it, the majority of our team weren't at the races, probably largely to do with the sickness bug, which has completely disrupted the squad this week. When you see the Fulham Focus pod team today, you may be excused for raising eyebrows in the same manner as you did when the team against Derby was announced last week. Where goes your bread and butter? But we have long-time Focus squad member and pre-match Focus pub goer and indeed pod deputant Luke Sarge Sargent with us. If you've ever seen any of my Instagram posts, he's the one you had to double take in case you thought he was Dennis Adoy. Plus, we're delighted to be joined by a man who I've known since I was about 11, although I long since dropped those charges. Just kidding, it's two-fifth editor, David Lloyd. A handy point, my name is Matt Boisclair, and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. All right, well, Dave, welcome. Good to see you, mate. How are you? I'm all right. Um, I've got a nice bag of Werther's Originals here for you. Um, <laughs> exactly, the same line, exactly the same line you used last time. <laughs> uh, they're the same Werther's Originals. <laughs> yeah it's been um it's been quite a week for talking points hasn't it matt um but i guess it's all the more satisfying that we're able to discuss the fulham stuff with the team top of the table and of course we've got the bournemouth games still to come so um it's not been a great week but there's loads to talk about so uh let's get talking it's not been a great week but we still haven't lost we've still got a couple of points sarge welcome mate how are you doing yeah, good, thanks. Um, I think, as as Dave said, it's, it's been a bit of a weird week, hasn't it? Um, but it, we seem to have come through it relatively unscathed, so on we go. Indeed. And um, Wigo, how was, your, how was your flight up there? How was your trip? Cold. It was <laughs> Baltic up there. <laughs> Honestly, it was wrapped up, layers on. Um, but listen, fair play to everyone that made the trip. There was a decent atmosphere in the away end. Um, and yeah, and it was tricky to get up there for a lot of people. I know I read about the trains, so as I say, fair play to everyone for making their way up there. And uh, we're in fine voice for most of the game. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I really, I really wanted to go in the weeks leading up to the game. I couldn't get anybody to look after my dogs. And I must admit, yesterday, given how bloody cold it was, I was quite happy just watching it on my, on my sofa with my feet up. Um, but yeah, as we said, it, it wasn't the prettiest point or the best performance by any stretch of the imagination from Fulham this season, was it? I mean, the illness suffered by the squad, Dave, this week surely played a part in Fulham's performance at Deepdale, didn't it? Um, well, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe going to the game on Wednesday, if you don't mind me just nipping back to that and then uh, registering straight away that there were key people missing. And it was quite interesting to hear one or two murmurs around me and then subsequently on our wonderful social media. And this this might sound a bit odd coming from a guy who ran the fanzine for so many years, off uh, taking in comments and this and that. But it's absolutely crazy how people didn't quite realise that something was up. Now, I didn't know what was up, but you don't suddenly lose Mitro scoring on seven, seven games in a row. And um, he wasn't going to be dropped just for a tactical switch. Something was up. Um, you know, we've suddenly got uh, the new goalkeeper and even Kearney was out. So come this week, having known, uh, come the Saturday, having known that we'd had uh, issues and we, we all saw the game at home on on Wednesday and it was a bit of a struggle, but a game that we could and maybe arguably should have won, even so, we were, I was certainly thinking that there would be further people out and uh, it was brilliant to see, you know, at, at least Rodak who's had a major influence on uh, on, our, on our run and also the big boy up front back in. But by golly, after that uh, first 25 minutes, half an hour, when we were so on top, it wasn't true. Well, we seemed to fall apart. And of course, as I said, once we knew that illness was in the camp, then you start going a bit 
psychological on it because was it still illness? Was it players playing under par because they thought they could get away with it because it was illness? And I'm not suggesting that was the case, but I'm just going back to the start of my waffle now that, that there was a lot to consider. And all we could do as spectators, in my case, from the armchair uh, on Saturday, was to comment now with you on what we saw. And it wasn't pretty. And we did think with uh, the South Coast team 2-0 up with minutes to go that we wouldn't be top. But here we are top of the table. We got away with it. And if it's the virus has gone away, well, we crack on because we've had a great season up to now. But Saturday, pretty it wasn't. But it seems to me a point gained. Yeah, I think the the sort of fallout from Wednesday, the, the thing that sort of stuck with me was how on earth are the players that have, you know, Mitrovic and, and obviously Kearney didn't make it, but for Mitrovic to be completely out of the squad, to then for him to be in a position to start the game on Saturday never really seemed particularly viable, certainly not 100%. So when he was in the starting lineup, I was initially relieved thinking, OK, he's back. But then straight away, my thought process was, well, you know, how, how good is he going to be able to, how good performance is he going to be able to put in having missed the game on Wednesday? And obviously, you know, we, we played against Barnsley the weekend before. So they obviously got ill sometime after after that, by the time we got to Wednesday. So you're still talking a turnaround of four, five days tops um, from when they started picking up this illness. So, you know, if you think of any of us, if, if we're feeling a bit rough and going to work, and even if it's sat in an office, you're not really up to your best. So to then go and put yourself out on a football pitch and, and put in a shift there is, is pretty remarkable, to be fair, even if the level that, level that we've come to expect wasn't met. Um, but the lineup, I think what we've got to remember, I suppose, is that we've got a management team that has got a lot more right so far this year than they've got wrong. And they would have looked at data. They would have done assessments. They would have picked the team based on the information they had. They, they, I don't think we're in a position where we've got a management team that is looking at it and going, right, he says he's all right, so we're going to stick him in. They must have done some sort of checks. And even if they weren't up to 100%, they still thought they could get enough out of them to get through the game. Like Dave said, you know, half hour in, the levels kind of drop, but that's to be expected. If they're not 100%, they haven't trained properly for the week, you know, they're going to they're going to start feeling it at some point. Unfortunately for us, it, they started feeling it quite early. Um, but we hung in there and, you know, Bournemouth went on to drop points, West Brom dropped points. So if we're going to have a week where it all goes a bit funny, this was the week for it because those that are supposed to be our nearest rivals they drop points with with far less excuses than we have. Yeah, well, I mean, we have got out of jail here, haven't we? we we've, we've drawn two games in a row rather than lost two games in a row. So that just goes to show what a strong squad we are. Even if the players are at 50, 60, 70% match fitness, we're, we're still getting points and not losing. Mitrovic was clearly not fit. I mean, it, it was it was probably his worst game of the season, but that's to be expected if... You know he's he's been ill all week, and with that in mind, he probably shouldn't have started. And I think I think it was Dylan that said in our team chat on on Saturday morning that oh great news that all the players are fit again. And I said, well, let's just reserve judgment as to how fit they are, uh, and until we see. And <clears throat> excuse me, they, they they clearly half of them weren't fit, were they? Harry Wilson didn't have a great game either. But we go we we ground out a point in the end, didn't we? And the first half an hour we. We, we played quite well, not brilliantly. We weren't playing scintillating football where we were creating loads of chances. But we got a goal. We got ourselves in front. We were in control of the game. And then Preston used their physicality and came back at us. Yeah, I think in a way we were quite lucky with how poor Preston are. They're really not a good side at all. They made a lot of mistake, um, as did we. Fair enough. Um but it's frustrating, really, when the teams around you are getting poor results, dropping points. You want to be capitalising on it. All right, we've got this illness. It's affecting the players. Um, we simply weren't good enough. Illness or not, we weren't good enough. But we. this is a time where you really want to be capitalising on this, building on that confidence and getting points and points you know, ahead of these teams around you. So, yeah, we have gotten out of jail, but it is also really frustrating. Um, yeah, Preston, as I say, they weren't very good at all. They had their chances, but they didn't really do much with it. A lot of passes were going out of play. They got their feet in tangle. They didn't really know what they were doing with the ball. Um, their physical side, they were diving a lot. It, 
it was just one of those teams that you just hate playing. Just a really frustrating uh, opponent for us. And um, fair play to them, all in all, you know, they deserve the point. If not, they probably deserve to win because we definitely didn't deserve any more than the point from yesterday's game. Um, so you can't not be happy with it because that is what we deserved. Um, and as you say, you know, it's a point gained rather than a point rather than a, a loss. So happy with it overall, I suppose. This was always going to be one of those games that I was dreading. I mean, Preston away, end of November, particularly with the squad all over the place um, and, you know, illness and whatever. I was dreading it and I did fear the worst. I, I, I think I expected us to lose before the game. And that was before I saw the lineup because I, I assumed that the likes of Mitrovic, Kearney and Rodak wouldn't be available. I didn't realise that Rodak was having to isolate based on um, EFL rules for, for coming into close contact with uh, with somebody who tested positive for COVID on the, on the way back from international duty. Um, so I, I had feared the worst, but um, and, and even in the opening stages of the game, I thought we looked very sloppy defensively. Tosin was caught in possession. Anthony Robinson gave the ball away cheaply, but we survived that. Preston didn't really get anywhere near the goal for for all of all of their uh, or all of our mistakes. Sorry, uh, and then it was a defender from our side who gave gave the side the lead. Fifteen minutes in, Tim Ream's first goal for Fulham since Cardiff away on Boxing Day, twenty seventeen. Dave, talk me through the goal. Um, ball came in. He put it in. <laughs> Cheers. Right, move on. <laughs> I, I tell you what, it was the one moment of class, really, wasn't it? Although it was a bit of a toe just uh, getting on the end of, but the, the ball was a peach. Series free kick. Uh, I mean, the guy's class. It's really weird how, um, <laughs> going back to another thing about the sort of fan criticisms, you know, it depends how a player is played. It depends what position he's played. You you can't play. Let, let me think. Uh, you you wouldn't play Niskins Cabano as a a meaty centre back. Um, that's an obvious thing. But there, there's a little. There's it's a bit more subtle than that. We found when wasn't it Ranieri that played Tom Kearney at right midfield? Um, and I think that was at Palace, if I remember rightly, and maybe a couple of others. And he's going to be ineffectual there. Sarri was labelled as. Um, uh, well, let's say words that I perhaps I better not say on this family po- uh, podcast by a number of fans. Uh, but he's always had the ability, and in in the same way as we've seen it um, with Anguissa as well. But he, both of them have to be played in a certain way, and maybe they need a certain manager. And we've seen this season certainly, albeit in the Championship and not the Premier League. Uh, Mr. Seri can play a little bit. He, he can set the metronome. Uh, he can, he, he, and he's he's not. He, he made a few mistakes in in both of the last games, so he's not perfect. But he's a player, and he's got a decent song to go with it now. Um, he's certainly appreciated. And in in one nugget that we had that was classy was that goal, where he just put it just behind the back, uh, the defenders, and just in front of the goalkeepers. With us attacking it, somebody was going to put the ball in the net, and. Um, it was Tim Ream's toe that was there. If you want to blame Tim, who didn't have a great game, uh, that he should have um, he should have got another couple, got a hat-trick and, and, and let us get the points and we'd have been well away. So maybe uh, he's the one that we should be pointing the finger at. But no, it, it was a, a rare class moment in what, as the other guys have said, was a really scrappy performance against the strong physical side. And... It did look for a while with the way we were playing there because we were fighting back and picking the ball, winning all the second balls and in that opening half an hour. But it just goes to show when we're not quite at the races with our style that other teams, just with physicality and basic fitness, can get in there. We've had a few games this season where we haven't had the virus, where teams have uh, got in us. We we need that... um, Front foot mentality. We need the uh, momentum to be an intensity to be up there. That's uh, coach language for you, Matt. In case you wondered what that was all about. Um, but but essentially, there's a way that we need to play, and we weren't able to do it. But that that lovely free kick. It sounds so simple, you know. Players, I'm I'm afraid Robinson uh, really narks me at times because the key element of our match is 
that they're supposed to be footballers. Now, you can have greater or lesser players within that, but they should be able to kick a ball. And that's all Sarri did. He only kicked the ball, but it was class. It was a peach. Somebody was going to put it in, and it was Tim Ream's toe. Well done, Tim. Sarge, does it surprise you that we we don't score more goals from, from our defenders? I think... I think Anthony Robinson's got a couple this season. One in the league, one in the cup. The one in the league was a massive deflection. Dennis Adoy has got one against Birmingham. But, you know, the likes of Hector, um, Tosin and, and Tim Ream, they, they don't really score that often for the amount of good quality balls that are put in the box, do they? Yeah, I mean, Tosin's the one for me. I mean, the, the guy's absolutely massive and he, he wins everything in our own box. Um, I, I think it was... I can't remember which game it was. It was it was a recent away game where he just he just headed everything away, um, but he doesn't seem to win many in the opposition box. And you just you do think, and I know Marco Silva's mentioned it in a couple of press conferences, a couple of interviews. He said he wants he wants more goals from the back line, um, and definitely with the, the quality of delivery that we can put in. Incidentally, I actually thought on Wednesday against Derby the delivery from set pieces was really poor and I thought Seri's delivery in particular from corners was really poor on Wednesday but obviously up in Preston he that ball in as soon as he put it across the box before Tim Ream got to it I'd already said I think to my wife that's a great ball and then obviously all it needed was a touch to go in so the quality is there and Harry Wilson puts in a good delivery as well Cabano puts in a good delivery so I definitely think there is there is room for the defence to get on it a bit more Obviously, we've got Mitrovic as well. He does command a lot of a lot of space in the box, and he is the one that attacks the ball more often than not. So you can understand why maybe they don't get as many because there is such a focal point in Mitro. But I definitely think that Tozin could be could be more effective in those situations. Ream, yes, as well, but he's not the biggest. But certainly, Tozin should be a bit more of a threat. I think from from set pieces. Wigo, there were some other shaky moments in the Fulham defence. Tim Ream uncharacteristically made a mistake that led to a Preston chance, but Preston did lack a cutting edge in front of goal. But mistakes that we were making like those just just show how far we have to go if we're to harbour any ambitions of being a team that can stay in the Premier League should we get there. Yeah, we've got to cut that stuff out because we know in the Premier League it will punish us. You look at when we first went up in 2018, that season we conceded 80 goals or however many, and uh, the amount the amount of goals we conceded from our own mistakes, you know, you lost count. It was ridiculous. And we're lucky that in this league, the quality just isn't the same because nine times out of 10 in the Premier League, you're going to concede a goal. The quality difference is just insane. And it's only getting bigger, that difference between the Premier League and the Championship. So a couple of times we got really lucky because actually loads of players gave the ball away yesterday stupidly as well I might add there were some terrible terrible passes and as I've said previously in this episode Preston were poor they were really poor and we got really lucky actually coming up against a team who aren't very good because yeah we could have been punished easily and we could have easily got done 4-1 definitely you know you look at the amount of shots that Preston had they had 15 shots in total four of them on target you know 11 of them off what does that show you? We only had nine shots and two on target. So there was definitely the difference there. And we allowed them the chances to shoot. Um, but luckily, we mostly kept them out. Yeah, they, they didn't have that many great opportunities, Preston, did they? It wasn't like that Sky kept saying that Preston were dominant. And I completely disagree with that. Preston weren't dominant. They they spent a lot of time in, in the attack in third. But... Oh, they, they they nullified us because generally if we're on the back foot, then we can turn defence to attack very, very quickly. And that's what we failed to do. And I think part of it was to do with the fact that Mitro wasn't fit. All he did in the first half was give the ball away. Then in the second half, he was completely isolated. Um, and going forward in the in the first half in particular, I thought that Niskan's Capano looked pretty good. The only way that Preston could deal with him, Dave, was to try and foul him. Yeah, pretty much. I uh, I I know that uh, Tim Ream got man of the match, but I think I may have given it to him on on that opening spell. Uh, he was not only getting past players, which we all like to see, but getting in, as you say, decent uh, decent balls into the box. Um, trouble was, as Mitro did look 
sluggish and as we know from past experience a, a sluggish metro um in a fast outfit is uh is not the metro that we want and to be fair to him he's got himself in decent shape this season for most of it and um is joining up a hell of a lot of the link-up play as well there was none of that yesterday there was it as far as i re recall he, he barely jumped to to win headers either so he was he was there i think in the end more on a on a hope he must have passed whatever fitness test they gave him um but you know this is no hint of any criticism of mitro because how can you for what he's done up to now and for his general outlook at, um for, for being part of the club uh you know I, I, it's rare to get someone that really sort of buys into the Fulham ethics so much. But as the guys have said, we looked so ragged and it didn't help at all that our talisman was um, was so out of touch. Uh, barely involved in the box either. Now, there was one, wasn't it right at the end of the first half where there was a pullback? I think that was our man. Yeah. Um, Robinson. Was that Robinson that had gone through? And he didn't seem to be that... Uh, bothered he went back in my opinion instead of forward but uh there there again who am i to criticize someone who scored you know so many goals uh such a shame because we were we were almost there and had we got a second goal no way in my opinion would would they have got back into it but as we know that wasn't the case and um indeed without carving out too many chances we gave them enough openings to maybe nick the win I mean, anyone that dares to bitch and moan after this result, in my opinion, is an idiot. Because the way that we've been playing this season, we're top of the league. Any any team in this division would give their right arm to be in the position that we're in at the moment. The, the, like I said a couple of times already, the, the problem that, that we've had this week is the fact that the squad was completely decimated by illness. And that meant that we just weren't able to get a hold of the game and switch momentum, particularly in the second half, Sarge. We were sloppy, but... We move on, um, and I very much doubt that we'll be anywhere near that bad on Friday night. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, the, I think a lot of none of us are going to sit here and say that we had a good performance up at Preston. It, it wasn't a good performance, but we all have to recognise and appreciate the extenuating circumstances in that situation. The defensive errors that that we sort of mentioned, for me, that that comes from further up the pitch as well. We are playing a style of football that requires, as Dave said, everyone really to be on it. If the midfield aren't able to be dynamic and come back and show for those short passes that we like to play out of defence, then there's going to be hesitation in the back line. They're looking for a pass that maybe isn't there. They take an extra touch. And that's when the opposition, who know that we like to play out, who are going to step up and press us a little bit more anyway because of the way that we play, that's when we then start to get into trouble. So, you know... Tozin had a few wobbly moments and it's difficult when you're watching it on TV because you can only kind of see what the camera focuses on. But certainly when, when we go to live games, you can see it. If the midfield doesn't show for the ball in the dynamic way that they need to, then that's when we come into problems. That's when you take an extra touch, you try and turn back again and try and create more space to go the other way. And if the opposition are live to it, which they were, that's when they start to cause us problems. And I think Harrison Reed, he was one of the ones that we got told come down with the illness and I actually think out of all the players that we've heard have been ill he was probably the one that was closest to his normal level but he definitely wasn't at his normal level because he wasn't able to dynamically show for the ball off the back line the way that we're used to that slight delay means that the only option out is Seri the opposition are going to mark Seri because they know that he's our playmaker and it just leads to that little bit of hesitation in the back line and they they tried to seize upon it and fortunately for us they weren't very good but equally I think our defenders are are good and when they are put under that pressure and even if they do lose the ball, there was a moment when Tozin lost the ball, it looked like they were going to go for on goal and he recovered really well. He kind of put out his own fire. Um, and that goes further up the pitch as well. Dave mentioned it with Mitrovic. Mitrovic is far more involved this season than he ever has been before really at Fulham, even under Slav. He's far more involved in his own chance creation. And what I mean by that is that he comes in and links play. But if he doesn't link play initially the likelihood of him getting a chance further up the field is a lot less. So if he doesn't come back and get the ball, drop it back into midfield and then turn in, it, it never gets there. Last game, this game against Preston, it just, everything bounced off him. He wasn't able to hold it. He wasn't able to link the play. 
And so he was starved of service, but part of that was also down to his inability to get on the ball. And again, extenuating circumstances, this isn't me saying he's not good enough. It's, it's just the way it was, unfortunately. Now, I want to come on to Anthony Robinson. Um, and I know that he was one of the players that had been suffering with the virus. Um, and he was perhaps a little bit fortunate that he didn't have three games to kind of shake it off because that foul that he made um, in the second half, I forget the player's name, who, who he uh, absolutely clattered by the, by the byline in front of the Preston fans. The first time or first few times I watched that, I thought, oh, he's got the ball. The more and more I've watched it, the more I've been convinced that I think it was a red card, personally. And I want to come around to each of you. I'll start with you, Wigo. What, what do you think? He scissored him. He completely scissored him and went through the player. And if that was against well, one of our players, I, I think we'd have been screaming for a red. Well, from the away end, obviously, it's down the other end of the pitch. I thought it was a bloody brilliant tackle at first <laughs> look. And I thought, what are they all moaning for? He's got the ball. It's a brilliant tackle. Obviously, you're not blessed with replays at that point. Um, and then I watched EFL on Quest last night. And I did have a little look and I thought, oh, okay, it's a little bit worse than I thought it was. Do I think it's a straight red? No, I don't. Um, you're right, he's caught the man. But, I, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I don't think it's a red card at all. I think they'll need to stop crying and get on with it, to be honest. Um, it was, a, I thought it was fine. So, probably a free kick, but a red card is just a joke. So, yeah, definitely not. How about for you, Dave? It weren't like that in your day, was it? Um, no, thank you very much. No, that was <laughs> when I played back white, yeah. Uh, yeah, been on the receiving end of a few of those. and wasn't so much one that I was the one that was sort of uh, the pansy in midfield, I guess. Um, I'm going to be controversial here now. This is our first disagreement of the night. And I'm only going to qualify in saying that in today's game, yeah. With the rules that they apply and how they apply them, that could easily have been a red card. Whether I agreed it was a, a red card is another thing entirely. But in today's game, to use a horrible cliche, is that uh, seen them given. Now, but the big mistake was, as with one or two of the other defenders, was that he got himself so hopelessly out of position in the first place, was beaten so incredibly easily that he was forced to take some sort of um, appropriate action and he got back as we know he's speedy he got back extremely well and determinedly my first thought was that he did play the ball with his front foot uh, in which case it would lessen the argument for a, a red card but the scissoring action is the is the key but he took the ball with his trailing leg and then made that scissor now whether he meant to do that or whatever but like I say we would have thought if in today's game, if somebody had done that against one of ours, that it would have been given as a red. The only thing I would say that in qualifying that and saying it was a red, as we're going to come on to no doubt, today's rules seem to protect the goalkeeper. And we never we never got a protection when they scored their goal. And there was other um, bits and pieces to talk about in that that, that moment. But... So if I'm going to stand here and say, well, yes, it should have been a red. Well, that certainly should have been a foul on Marit Rodak. But maybe those two things even themselves out. But there's loads more to talk about about their goal to start with. But like the key thing about the whole thing was that he got himself hopelessly out of position and, and uh, yeah. like reamed it at the times and was forced to make some sort of recompense. Yeah, completely fair enough. And Sarge, I, w I want to get your opinion on this as well, because you've played football to a fairly decent standard and, and you're a winger, I think, aren't you? So if you're that winger and you've gone past your defender and the defender comes flying in and does that to you, what, what are you thinking? Oh, I'm straight at the ref if someone hits me with one of those. <laughs> um, no, but um, to, for me, it's, it's never a red for me. It's, it's a firm yellow. Um, the first time I saw it, I was, I was like a lot of other people. I was like, it's not foul. He's got the ball. Um, it's a great tackle. But every replay I then saw of it, it, it got a bit worse. It, I think the, the key thing is, is what Dave picked out, which is that he takes, he does take the ball, but he takes the ball basically with his trailing knee. Um, and in order for him to do that, he's gone through the man first. So it is definitely a foul. Um, and I've, it's definitely a yellow. I, I, I would be, 
I'd be very disappointed to see him get sent off for that. Um, you have seen him given, but it, for me, it's it's not a, it's not a, it's not completely reckless. He's not out of control. He's not off the ground. It's not two footed. It's ju- it's just a bad tackle. It's a bad tackle. It's a yellow card. Um, he puts himself in a position, you know, where he has to try and do something, and his punishment for it was yellow. But I, I think that was just. I think it was a foul. I think it was a yellow. But I don't think it was anything more. All right, well, let's come on to the other controversial moment of the game then. With 18 minutes remaining, uh, Ched Evans scored with his arm to make the score 1-0. There was another handball in there too. Plus, as Dave said, a, probably a foul on Marit Rodak. And uh, for anybody who thinks that isn't a foul on Marit Rodak, well, the Mitrovic one on the halfway line a few minutes earlier where he's kind of had a look over his shoulder and backed into, um, backed into the defender, that was given as a foul. So how is... The Rodak one, not given as a foul. Um, the goal had certainly been coming for a while. I don't think we can argue about the fact that we drew one all, but the goal should have been disallowed, Wigo, shouldn't it? I think it's a disgrace, quite frankly. You've got a referee and an assistant referee. The assistant referee is there to provide what the referee can't see. Now, I understand there's a crowd of players, but you've got eyes on the edge of the box. You've got eyes on the sidelines. How one of them hasn't seen it. These are professional referees professional linesman, how one of them hasn't seen it is an absolute disgrace. The referee in, in this league is a joke. And I'm sure this cavern is meant to be a Premier League referee. Now, I'm not sure how many pints he had for breakfast, but it was clearly one too many. Now, it's blatant. It's just cheating. And I hate it. I'd hate it if Fulham scored a goal like that because it is cheating. You want to get a point out of a game fair and square. That is a disgrace. An absolute joke. And the referee should just be demoted. Because that's awful. He needs some retraining. I don't know if you can tell. I'm furious by it. <laughs> it, it as, I, as, as I said earlier, and you said, we definitely, you know, they deserve to get a goal. But bloody hell, you know, at least get a proper one. It's just, it's a joke. I, Absolutely. I, I can excuse, Dave, I, I can excuse the handballs not being spotted because it all happened very quickly. The ball's come across. Evans has headed the ball against um, his own man's arm. And then it's kind of ricocheted back and he couldn't really get out of the way. He's just got it over the line by any which way that he could. It's gone in off his kind of top of his arm, hasn't it? But what I can't excuse, firstly, is the foul on Rodak. That's clearly, he's been blocked. Um, As you said earlier, Dave, goalkeepers are protected um, these days. So why wasn't that given? But secondly, when Evans first headed the ball and it's come off of his own man's hand, well, that bloke was offside, blatantly uh, offside. So take your pick, but disallow the goal. Uh, if that's for me, then you've, you've stolen a couple of my lines there, Matt, because I was mm. going to say the same thing about um, the Mitro incident. Uh, I think, let's let's be absolutely clear and fair, I think Rodak should have been stronger. I think there should have been some um, advancement from him, which would in turn have exaggerated the block um but it was in that area that really somebody should have attacked it and unfortunately for us the only guy that did really was blocking or no blocking was uh, was evans but i said so at the time and i haven't I, I haven't looked back and i don't know what the score is on this but i said at the time that's offside i sort of a, a bit like you just did in your summing up i um hijacked or pushed to one side the handballs which again to my mind were, were clear and obvious uh, but I immediately said, well, that can't be given because he's he's in an offside position. Now, clearly, we were watching on the telly, so I don't know the angles, but my intuition was that he looked offside. And that is, um, you know, as, as the ball, you can't be offside from a corner, but that was a a, a double play there. It had gone off somebody else. Um, and I just could not understand why that wasn't even commented upon, really. Uh, messy goal to put it really, really mildly. It was a duff goal to, to to let in, but there's a hell of a case on a few counts as to why a it shouldn't have been given and b why on earth wasn't it picked up and even queried? They were all too quick just to sort of all right give a goal. Um, but my you know my gut reaction was that and. Uh, 
another time Rodak would have got a free kick and we'd have just been getting on with the game and quite potentially talking about us having come away with a hard-fought and unexpected three points. So it, 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 it's uh, perhaps not as angry as our fellow talkers on here tonight, but I'm well cheesed off that that was just allowed. And, and then you've got the comments and, you know, you get full marks to the guys that went to the game. We've, we've said that, but by crikey, that was a one hell of a journey to be able to fulfil. I'm in the luxury of, uh, you know, I'm not all that well myself, so I, I can't do the aways, but I was in my armchair looking at this and you, you're sort of sitting up, you, you can't give that goal, can you? But it was, there we are, there we are. I can't change it. We're still, I suppose, top of the league. I have to also say in this, um, for looking at sort of full and fairness, we've had one or two decisions go our way as well this season, which I'd say hasn't always been the case. So is it one we've just got to take on the chin? If they come out all guns blazing on Friday, give us a performance that we know that they can give. These last two games will be looked back and thinking, well, they dug in and got two points and we stayed at the top of the table. We, we'll, we'll forget it. But I don't like football being decided on things like that. I really, really don't. And uh, yeah, of course it should have been disallowed, but it wasn't. And we're going to have to just move on. We are. And Sarge, I just want to come to you really quickly on this as well. VAR disallows this undoubtedly but we, we did the VAR debate quite a bit last season and I think I'd rather concede that goal than have VAR what what are your thoughts yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not a proponent of VAR um for me there's there's two there's two things at play here there's there's a lack of the officials doing doing their job properly um certainly the linesman has, has got to see an offside in that. I, I don't understand. He, he's clearly going to be looking across the line. It's a corner, so he's going to be practically positioned on the byline. All he will be able to see is straight into that line where Matt Rodak is. Matt Rodak's being impeded by an offside player. Now, even if you don't think that the impede, impediment is overly physical, which I don't think it was overly physical, he is offside. He's offside by standing in that position. So immediately it can't be a goal. The other thing is, is Rodak does have this in his game. Now, he is, for me, the better of the goalkeepers that we have at the club at the moment. I'd have him over Gazaniga 100%. He would be my number one. And I would like to be in a position where when we go up, and I say when because I do believe it is going to happen, he is given the opportunity to get a run of games in the Premier League and prove himself at that level. But he is suspect on crosses. He showed it in the Premier League game last season against Arsenal. They scored a header from literally under the crossbar. He doesn't come for crosses particularly confidently. He is a young keeper, so maybe that's something that he'll develop over time. But it is something that he does need to work on. His shot stopping is brilliant. His ability to keep out goals in comparison to all the XG stats that we see thrown around. He overperforms those consistently. But crosses is an area that I think he needs to be more dominant on. And he wasn't quite dominant enough in this situation. And I think that's where the problem stems from. Officials are poor at this level. We know that. Championship referees are not good enough. I think Chris Cavan has ref nearly 100 Premier League games. But ultimately, he should really, you know, he should be a championship referee because if he was that good, he'd, be, he'd have been in the Prem this weekend. And he wasn't. So... We know what the referees are like. As a goalkeeper, you've got to be able to come out and command your six-yard box. And unfortunately, if the ball's bouncing around or ricocheting around the six-yard box, for me, that does fall on the goalkeeper. Just before the goal, guys, Marco Silva made a few substitutions, or two substitutions, sorry. He brought Josh Onema on for Seri, and Bobby Reid came on for Niskan's Cabane. But I think we probably all agreed at that point that a change needed to happen because we were being overrun, even though Preston weren't really being that creative. But... I'm not really sure that Marco Silva got this one right. I felt, in particular, Wigo, that Harry Wilson had been ineffective. Was anyone really effective, though? Maybe Cabano? Uh, it was kind well, of... That's, that's, pick, well, that, that's exactly my point, though, because Cabano take, came it's off. A take your pick. It's a take-your-pick on who you want to come off, really, because of anyone else is the problem. Carvalho could have gone off at that point. Wilson... You know, obviously he took Seri off. Seri didn't have a great game either. Mitrovic, you could have taken Mitrovic off. It, it, yeah, Wilson, uh, Cabano rather probably looked like 
our only source of any potential opportunities. The only problem was he was surrounded by players who weren't having a good game. Um, and you can't have one player carry a whole team for a whole afternoon in those conditions. It's just not possible. But as you do say, I do think Silva got that one wrong. Um, it were interesting changes. Um, Onoma didn't really do much when he came on. He did look half bright, I suppose. He was getting up there a bit, trying to make some chances happen. He got in behind a couple of times, but didn't really do much with it. Um, probably bringing the right players on. But yeah, Cabano probably should have stayed on. And yeah, Wilson didn't have his best game. You're uh, you're right about that. So you could have taken him off, you know, given him that bit of rest for Friday because that's a massive game coming up. The problem is, Dave, here is is that four minutes after Silva made those changes, we conceded a goal. Um, yeah, what, are you asking me to change well, that result then? Well, if you wouldn't mind, please. <laughs> and, I mean, what I'm saying is uh, we don't know how fit or unfit these players actually were. It's quite clear that our performance levels dropped dramatically after that first half hour. We've all agreed to that. Um, but when you get that sort of virus that's going round, um, I mean, you just don't know what's in your legs. And when they go, they go. And, and, and your mind goes. And if they were hanging on for dear life uh, in footballing terms, well, you know, that, that well may have been. I, I don't know what the rules are. I'm sorry. I'm not, uh, not that knowledgeable as to if you, uh, how and when you can call a, a match off because your your squad is decimated um, but on the basis that we couldn't and we went on with things I still think we're going to look back and say that things were rough and that we got two vital points now as to whether that change that you're saying that had any bearing on, on conceding the goal I'm not sure but there definitely needed to be changes because the hope was that whatever somebody coming on had, would have they'd have a bit more than those that were leaving. Whether Cabano, who we've agreed has had a fair game at least, whether he had the legs still at that stage or it was tactical, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't know. Um, and I think, unfortunately, in this case, we're just going to have to, well, I don't know, apart from agreeing that it, it, it didn't work in the way that we'd hoped, um, Wilson, as you say, wasn't particularly bright, but who was? Then... If the guy's legs were, were hollow and uh, we weren't able to sort of play in the way, even close to the way that we normally do with intensity levels, then who am I to say, you know, what was right or wrong in that occasion? Because I just don't know if, if Cabano had the legs. If he, if, if he was complaining, if he'd asked half time, say, look, give me 15 minutes or whatever, I doubt if he would, but True. we just don't know that sort of thing, do we? We're not privy to it. True. But as you say, you know, the goal then came and, um, uh, it, yeah, <laughs> I'm still desperately frustrated about the whole business, actually. I think we all are, yeah. Well, the other change was that Fabio Carvalho went off to be replaced by Anthony Knockart and we was finally started to get some attacking possession towards the end of the game. But let's be frank, the supply throughout the game was poor. Mitrovic got no service. As you said, Wigo, we had just two shots on target all game, both from set pieces. The first one was Tim Ream's goal. The second one was Harry Wilson's free kick, which went straight down the keeper's throat towards the end of the game. It's just really frustrating, uh, Sarge, isn't it, that this sickness bug has hit the squad just as we've got ourselves to the top of the table. Yeah, it is. Because I think, you know, looking at the fixture list, looking at the position of the two teams we played this week, this was a chance to go and get six points. And had, had we got six points, actually, we could have opened up a bit of a gap over Bournemouth before even playing them. Um, and you know that that's unfortunately got away from us. But you know, I think I think what I am taking from this is we've got a squad of players who were up against it. They would have known that this was going to be a tricky tricky week for them to get through, based on how they're all feeling. And they've they've ground it out. And good teams do that. Good teams find a way to pick up points, even when they're you know they're up against it essentially. And that's what they've done. I think come the end of the season, we'll look back on this week and we'll say this was a week where championship teams still could not beat us 
even when we were literally at our worst. Um, that's that's the mark. That's the mark of champions. That's the mark of a promoted team for me. I think you know you, you look at the players that we had to bring on. Onuma, we know, is a player that really thrives off of momentum. We saw it when he was you know his first season with us. It took him a while to get going. Um, Knockart. He's he's a confidence player, isn't he? He's, he hasn't really built any sort of momentum since since he got to the club. But if he's going to do anything, it's going to be off the back of a bit of confidence, and he can't have any at the moment because he's just not played. So it was a big ask to ask those players to come on and, and really make a difference. I yeah. think we've done everything we needed to do. Overall, it's been a good week in the sense that the team has banded together, picked up results where they probably had no right to, and you know we we stay top. We march on. Absolutely. That's the key thing. We're still top of the league. Um, it looked like we weren't going to be when Bournemouth were 2-0 up uh, with five minutes to go against Coventry, but Coventry somehow pulled themselves back into it. And um, Bournemouth had, was it Lerma sent off as well for a professional foul? So he's going to miss three games. So he won't be available for our game either. So, you know, it's, it's looking good at this point. Um, let's let's come on to a man of the match. I wanna I'm gonna come around to each of you and ask for for your man of the match. I think um I'm gonna give mine to Harrison Reed just because I thought he looked the most lively throughout the game. Um in a in a game where we created very little. So Harrison Reed for me. Wigo, your thoughts? I don't know, mate. I'm actually I've had twenty four hours to think of one and I'm still struggling to pick. <laughs> um Oh, oh, this may come as a shock. I'm going to go with Anthony Robinson. I thought he looked... I know, I can't believe it either. Um, in the first half, he was quick. He was getting forward. He was getting on the overlap. And that tackle, albeit, you know, the tackle that the Preston fans were crying about for the rest of the game, um, you know, he managed to get back into position, win the ball first, um, <laughs> and, and recover. And, uh, yeah, to come from sort of back from his illness that he had, I thought he actually had a decent game. So, you know, mark these words down. Anthony Robinson is my man of the match. Wow. Well, the only thing that would have been more surprising than that is if you give it to even Caballero. <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> uh, Dave, your man of the match, please, mate. Well, I think any award should go to the travelling fans, if I'm honest. I thought that was a supreme effort under very difficult circumstances. And then... They had to, at the end of it, watch a game that was um, putrid as far as style and class was concerned. Um, if you're going to push me, I'd go some, possibly um, Niskin's Ream um, because uh, put the two together maybe. But it, I, I'm just butting in a bit on that uh, Robinson thing. I, I didn't. I've seen him play worse, and I've got my irksome things about him, his body position, and. This and that, and, and bear in mind, this, this is not a slagging off session because I think we've got a great squad, and I love the way that Silver is um, getting them together and getting the best out of guys that, albeit in the top division, weren't doing it or even considered to do it uh, last year. Um, but one fellow I thought that uh, got away with a quiet game without major errors uh, was uh, Mr. Odoi that came in at, at right back for Tete. Uh, I didn't think Tate had the greatest of games against Derby, but I still think he's the better player. But um, Adoy didn't make any mistakes, and uh, that's not setting the bar particularly high. Um, but given everything that was going around the squad and, and uh, what have you and how it all transpired, I've suddenly made a slight... Uh, it's a thing to do these days, made a little bit of a U-turn and given it to, uh, to Adoy. Good old Dennis. Well, those words don't get uttered very often, do they? Adoy didn't make any mistakes, so fair enough, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. How about for you, Sarge? Uh, I, I know that it, he was given the, the sort of the official man of the match anyway, but for me, it, it was Tim Ream. Um, there were a few errors in the defence, but I think I've already touched on where I think they, they sort of stem from. And I don't necessarily blame the centre-halves when they when they were caught out this weekend. Um I just think, you know, for all of the, the chat about Preston's goal was coming and we could see the equaliser, they, they ended the game with an expected goals. And I know expected goals is not the metric to judge everything by, but it was 1.6 or something like that. 
they hardly looked like they were going to bag in a load of goals against us. And, you know, I think Wigo said earlier they had four shots on target. A lot of that is down to the fact that we put in a, we put in a decent defensive performance. Um, it wasn't vintage. We weren't fully in control as we've come to look at the team being over this season. But we did what we needed to do and we kept them out. And actually, most of that, that XG that they had came from that moment in which they scored because the ball bounced around in the penalty area three or four times before it went over the line. Um, I, I gave it to Reeve. He got the goal that got, got us into the lead, gave us something to hold on to. And he is still the leader of a team that has had to come through an almighty trial this week. And he's captained the team through two two results that, like I said before, we didn't necessarily have a right to get based on the condition of the squad. All right, guys. I think we've probably dragged that out for about as long as we or anybody else could have hoped for. Sarge, nice one, mate. Happy with your debut? Yeah, lovely. Love to get the first cap. I'll uh, hopefully be <laughs> called up again and, uh, and maybe maybe do a better job in the future. Absolutely, mate. No worries. Dave, great to have you on and great to speak to you, mate. Let's get you back on again soon. Yeah, I'd love it. I'd love it. Um, if uh, if time and space and ethics allow, I wouldn't mind just sort of saying that there is a book still available. Christmas is coming. Still got a warehouse full of the damn things. So if anyone wants to get a two-fifth book, it's on Amazon uh, UK or ashwaterpress.co.uk or twofifth.co.uk. Phew. Can thoroughly recommend it as well. I've got my copy. Got, I've, I was just about to say I've got my copy in the loft, but I have read it. <laughs> <laughs> and nice I, one. With I'm oh. just going to say I got someone this week who uh, uttered one of my lines back at me when I used to sell the magazine, and that was that the the book is brilliant and it's a coffee table book because one of his four legs was a little bit shorter than the other. Well, hey, so hey! <laughs> nice. Good you man. Yourself. Doing yourself a disservice, mate. It's a great book. It's a great book. Nice one. And nice one, Wigo. See you Friday, mate. See you in the pub. Yeah, see you down there, mate. Hopefully I'd have warmed up by then because I'm still freezing. <laughs> Looking forward to it. We'll be back with your Bournemouth match preview show on Thursday this week, so watch out for that. Until then, have a great week. Cheers. Cheers.